Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another exciting hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio. We are your hosts here on July the 4th, 2009. This is Doug and Jackie Christie, and today we are going to be talking about lots of great stuff. I know we missed you guys last week um, with the passing, the untimely passing of Mr. Michael Jackson. We were in Los Angeles. A lot of technical difficulties and, and just a lot of emergencies came up all at once. So we did miss that show, but we are going to repeat that show in the future. So please make sure you tune back in to catch that show that was scheduled for June 27th. Um, we must add, too, that this has been a very sad week, and um, we miss him dearly. All of his fans does, and we want to take a you know, few minutes to just, or a minute or so. Let's just have a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you all. No question. You can join us live anytime by calling us at 347-215-8305 or by going into our chat room at any time throughout the entire show. Today, we We also will that's right. And you know what, you guys? Thinking back to 1970 brings to mind lots of great things. We're going to start off with talking about the hairstyles. Honey, I know you know that being your birth year and a special time when they brought the king into the world. You know, they say LeBron James is king, but you guys know who my king is, right? Well, let's talk about 1970 and what kind of hairstyles was they rocking in the 70s? Well, I, I think everybody, when you think about 70s, probably you <laughs> yeah. would think about afros first and right. foremost. And then you also had the beehive for the what? ladies out there. And then also you had the buzz cuts. You know, in a lot right. of movies you'll see that with the clothes <laughs> shaved on the side, which That's they kind right. of brought back later as a fade. But buzz cuts, afros, and beehives. Okay, but check it out, honey. Did you forget about the punk rock hairstyles. You know that was out then, too, in the 70s. Isn't that crazy? It's like the 70s, it, it was the punk hair dudes. Um, it was also like the zigzag cuts in the hair. But we was kind of young, man. So, but I remember that, and that's, you know, they're kind of like giving, giving the 70s credit for that. And, you know, long hair for men was out, flared trouser legs, which is bell bottoms. They was big in the 70s. Um, women's styles in the 70s included the bob and the shag hairstyles. Like my husband was saying, the beehive was number one, though, for the ladies that wanted to dress up or just go ahead and show their style and hair. Also, what was involved, you guys, was like, oh, my God, the Farrah Fawcett. Can you guys remember that? All the ladies that wanted the perms, if you was African-American, you had to get a perm to get the straight look. Then you got it cut and feathered, and it flipped back to the back. I know my hair was down, and I was I just really had the Farrah Fawcett going on. And, you know, the flare leg jeans and the little cute top. My T-shirt had satisfaction guaranteed on it. Now, what was I thinking in the 1970s with a shirt on that said that? Didn't know was a young girl, but all my girlfriends was also rocking them shirts. And, you know, the 70s bring back some hot memories, honey. 
No question. Now, when you think about tennis shoes, that's before everything yeah. really got started. So you got to think about Chuck Taylors. They, back then, they only had them <laughs> in a few shades, white, black, baby blue, burgundy, and that was about it. They had a couple other colors, yellow and a couple of colors, but Chuck Taylors were where it was at. Also, if you wanted to dress up, you had crayons. And I don't know if oh, anybody yeah. remembers crayons, but uh, they had they were made out of fabric like cotton. Black on the top, maybe with the caramel bottom, nice little half-inch heel on the back side. But they were a special shoe for those of you who had to go to Sunday school or go to church on Easter. That's right. And you guys, I know you guys know when I bring up this person right here that she was a real fashion icon at this time. And much of what she's photographed wearing even back then was, you know, all all the different styles of the 80s, and that was Princess Diana. Um, you know, she was in the – she brought the um, shoulders out, you know, for someone of such a high – on such a hierarchy. She had the shoulders out. She wore the jewelry. Her hair was in her own style. She was really one of a kind. She was a very unique fashion um, you know, icon. So the 80s brings back a lot of things. Popular TV programs such as Dynasty in Dallas set a trend. You know, they had the big hairstyles, glamorous looks, and stunning, you know, uh, outfits that you just go back to nowadays, like Joan Collins wearing the shoulder pads and her jackets. And we was like, oh, my God, these clothes is crazy. Pop stars such as Madonna, um, Toya Wilcox, Adam Ant, Boy George, Spandu Ballet, um, you know, they set the fashion trends for teens to follow for many years to come. And the power suit was the thing, being worn both by men and women. That's when they really made it hot was in the 80s. You could, If you was a lady, you could still rock the whole tie look and all that. You know, of course, had your feminine swing to it. But designers like Donna Karen, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren offered high street-end fashions for men and women in the 1980s. It is a, it is a decade and a, and a time not to forget. No question about it, but the biggest and the brightest mm -hmm. of all the stars was Michael Jackson, and yeah, he really is. the precedent with the cinematic video, not just a music video, but a cinematic video with Thriller. Every 30 yeah, minutes yeah. on the on the tower, you could go on MTV and you could check it out. Also, members-only jackets were something that was really hot during the 80s. Nike took over in the 80s because Chuck Taylors and all that mm -hmm. stuff, all of a sudden Nike stepped on the scene. As far as the hairstyles, you had Jerry Curls. That was a big one <laughs> also. And then TV, you had the Cosby Show took oh, over in the God. 80s. And this was definitely a big time for hip-hop. All the hip-hop heads out there, 80s, they didn't start earlier than that, but 80s is really, really when it took off. Oh, my God, you guys. New era, new wave music came in. Heroin bands and artists such as U2, Billy Idol, Blondie, Culture Club, Duran Duran, and the police. It also brought in more fitted body-conscious clothing and shorter, spiky hairstyles. Classic films released during the 80s include The Goonies, Ghostbusters, Never Ending Story, Batman, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Princess Bride, Airplane, and Good Morning Vietnam. But can nothing touch Thriller? As my husband just said, Thriller was the thing. Okay? There's some big, some great movies. There's some fads and fashions. Check this out. Remember the Cabbage Patch Kids, My Little Pony, Pac-Man, Platform Shoes, Rubik's Cubes, and Trivial Pursuit. I know you guys remember all of this happening in the 1980s. And of course, there were things we, we must pass on to, to, to the younger generation that was happening, like when we was, you know, wearing the painter pants. Maybe you know 
<laughs> to paint her pants. Yeah. They had the hook on the side of the hip. The boys was walking them. The girls was walking them. You could hook your keys to them. Don't even get me started. And don't talk about the, like you said, the Chuck Taylors with the painter pants. And then you put your T-shirt on. I know your style, honey. Don't even. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting hyped, you guys, because my husband was walking. He had the Michael Jackson jacket. He ain't even told you about this story yet. Back when he was at Rainier Beach, you got to share this with them. We trying to find the jacket, but we're not sure where it is. Tell them about that jacket, baby. Tell no, that, that, was, that was the jacket with all the zippers <laughs> on it. That was beat it. That yes. was the one. I didn't oh get red. God. I got black. And, man, it was the real one with oh the chain God. on the shoulders and everything. My mom, she, man, she That's went right. off on me. But she, I think it was $750. Oh. And back in that time, that oh was big, God. big money. No question about it. But, but you guys, honey, not to interrupt you guys, let me tell you, we looking at pictures of my husband growing up. And I'm saying, who at 12, 11, 9 was wearing trench coats. He had the jerry curl drop down his back. I'm talking about style. No. Then he did a picture, a school picture, you guys, and you'd have thought he walked off the Calvin Klein billboard or Gianni Versace. or He had the shirt on with the big collar and the vest. Okay, you guys, he was in high school, probably a freshman or something like that. I mean, just then he had the slacks on. He was the only one that could rock that kind of look back then. It was the most exciting thing. And for me to look back, it's like, dang, I wish we would have been hanging during that time because fashion for me was always on the forefront, always something that I did. If you look at my bio on any of our sites or anything, you will see, even as a small child, I was making clothes for my siblings and they had you know, fashion shows, having them in our living room, making the family sit down. Sometimes they pay a dollar or 50 cents. But that was more so we could get popsicles. I wasn't trying to get money or nothing, so don't think that. But, you know, to have my sisters dressed up, you know, and, and get up there and walk on the runway was amazing. And then to find out the man that I would marry and spend my life with also was into fashion. He was rocking all the latest styles, you guys, in a place called Longview, Washington. If you know how to get a map or if you Google Longview, you're going to crack up because you would say, oh, my God, a future NBA basketball star is rocking clothes like that in Longview. It's a really sweet little town, and I I've always told him I wouldn't mind retiring there, but you got to be ready to retire if you go to Longview. It's not a big city by no means, but when you was Doug Christie, I mean, what was you going to do? You was rocking in fashions. The 80s bring back such euphoria for me, and it makes me highly excited. And I knew he was growing into a man at that time, and I was growing into a woman for us to meet later, which we'll talk about on one of the future shows. And if you get our book, No Ordinary Love, you can find out how we met. But let's move on into the 90s, honey. The 90s is, uh, that was just a power, <laughs> power time, not only for the people, but for the whole world. This was there the boom is. of money and the Internet that really changed the face of how we look at everything. PCs, laptops, all of a sudden computers became where you could move around with them and travel That's with right. them. Michael Jordan and the Bulls, mm -hmm. the Air Jordans were the big, big fad for the hairs. You had fades and flat tops, and then all of a sudden everybody started balding because Michael shaved his hair off. So uh, everybody all of a sudden kind of followed suit, That's I would right. say, uh, <laughs> as far as sports. You had the Bills, and that is the Buffalo Bills. They never won a championship, but they got there three times. New York Yankees and, of course, those Chicago Bulls winning NBA right. championships. Oh, my God, the Chicago Bulls. You hear my husband talking. We don't even want to bring up the fact that they hit six, okay, in the 90s. That's just ridiculous. And Michael Jordan is still the greatest basketball player of all time at this point. But, of course, in my mind, 
you already know who the greatest basketball player is, okay? And in our son's mind, our eight-year-old son, his dad is the greatest for sure, but nothing against Michael Jordan, who could be second, you know, as far as we concerned. But you remember Rachel. You remember the Rachel cut? You remember Jennifer Aniston, and everybody wanted to cut their hair like that? She did the Farrah Fawcett, you know, but hers was in her own style, and, you know, it was just, it was called the Rachel haircut, and there it was. I mean, it was shoulder length and spiked to the front, and, you know, for her at that time, it really, you know, propelled her into the fashion, you know, history of of television because everybody wanted to do it and you also had you know just all the different looks you had the you know orange mixed in and you know people was trying different things back then you know some of the great movies you know was oh my god let's let's talk about some of the great movies of the 90s baby well you know what i was thinking right off the bat one that struck me but it wasn't a movie was there it is. It took over in the 90s. But that was a TV show. That was a movie. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, <laughs> movies, I think, really during that time took oh, over from you. the standpoint that they just went crazy oh with God. the way that they could show things all of a sudden. Said it. In the 1990s. Story. That's right. Uh, oh my God! Let's, let, uh, baby. What about Usual Suspects, Jerry Maguire, Philadelphia? Oh my God, Pretty Woman. All these is hot movies of ninth, the nineteen nineties. You guys go out there and get them. You know we're movie buffs in our family, and we love watching them. We love bringing back the old flicks. You definitely got to get them. Again, I'm gonna run that down real quick. Pretty Woman, Pope Fiction, Philadelphia, Usual Suspects, Jerry Maguire. I mean, come on, show me the money in Jerry hey. Maguire, everybody. That's <laughs> right. Me the money usual suspect. Now that was a dang good movie that not bring up like, a lot, a lot of memories. No. Question. Oh my God! Well, somebody just emailed us. They want to know about the '80s with some hot movies that we would say. I would say Trading Places, Ghostbusters, Gandhi, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee, and Die Hard starring Bruce Willis. In the 70s, I would say some TV shows would be Charlie's Angels, Laverne and Shirley, The Six Million Dollar Man, and of course, Good Times. I mean, there's so many. And anything you guys want to know about the 70s, 80s, or 90s, because we could spend the whole show talking about this, definitely email us and let's get back on the topic. We'll send you our suggestions and ideas. You send us yours. Let's just make this thing. Let's bring it back, y'all. No question about it, baby. The 70s, 80s, and 90s is where it's at. We're going to. Hot topic, and I would, ladies and gentlemen, we have some sad breaking news for you guys today. Uh, X that would be Euler and see Titan Steve McNair has been reportedly shot to death. Um, he was a fantastic quarterback, I would say, with a rocket arm. He began his career with the Oilers, who were in Texas at that time, and he has been shot. A spokesperson for the Nashville Police Department said Saturday, police said McNair suffered a fatal gunshot wound to the head in downtown Nashville. Uh, police said it looked like a simple homicide. A female victim was also found dead. So uh, our hearts go out to Steve McNair and his family. Another one has been gunned down, unfortunately. Oh, and that's too bad. Uh, again, may his soul rest in peace and hers as well. Um, next we'll move on into European. the European Union proposes global airline blacklist after a Yemen crash. Yemen is the last crash, um, Yemeni, uh, excuse me, airline crashed, and it killed all 158 people on board. I think there was... Um, 
no survivors on that one. And um, for several years, the European Union has been maintaining an airline blacklist. The list contains the bottom of the barrel in the aviation world. On it, you won't find any of the big global carriers, but it is a very well respected by countries like Kazakhstan, Angola, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. As it turns out, the airline involved in the most recent crash had been on the blacklist for incomplete reporting on its fleet inspections. That crash has now prompted the European Union Transport Commissioner, Antonio Tajani, to propose turning the European blacklist into a global blacklist where everyone would be involved. As much as I like the idea of sharing this kind of information and turning it into a global list, I'm not sure, he said, if it will actually make any difference for a global blacklist to work. Every country in the world will have to participate. The thing is, the kind of country that does not take aviation safety that seriously is not going to be wanting to be a part of this. Okay, so they won't sign up for it. Um, you know, so one thing that we definitely got to pay attention to is know, you know, find out, research. If you're going to be going over to other countries or traveling long distance or just flying an airline you're not familiar with, you know, it's, it's really good to know the safety, you know, practices of them. And you can go to better, better business bureaus. You can um, go online and check out their history. You can contact the aviation um service, I'm sure. Uh, there's so many different ways, but Google and find out the history of whatever airline you're going to be going on or, you know, train or whatever it is for that matter, because as you can see, um, you know, transportation is something that we all have to take serious. And, you know, we hope that um, everybody, you know, that has been involved in this or touched by this, family members and everybody, we hope that the people that didn't survive, their souls rest in peace. And uh, you know what? Moving right along, it's it's just so unfortunate. We're going to jump right on down into uh, what's behind Palin's resignation. Have you guys heard about Governor Sarah Palin? And it's got me stumped. I really don't even know what to say. It's really got me stumped on what could possibly be going on. I really, you know, I respect her and I respect the fight she put up um, trying to become the vice president of the United States. But even for a nonconformist, at, um, Alaska Governor Sarah Palin has defied political logic with her sudden stunning announcement to leave office more than a year early. Supporters and critics alike say the former government GOP, excuse me, um, vice presidential candidate's resignation announced Friday afternoon in effective July 26, 2009 is an inexplicable move for a high-profile Republican widely seen as a contender for the White House run in 2012. She's looking forward to serving the public outside the governor's chair, he said, her spokesperson said, and Pam Pryor. Um, we want you guys to know, though, the announcement caught even current and former Palin advisors, Palin advisors, by surprise. Former members of Senator John McCain's 2008 presidential campaign team, now dispersed all across the country, traded perplexed emails with each other and phone calls about the vice presidential nominee's decision to step down. And we hope that we just hope personally here we don't pass judgment because we don't know the full circumstances, but we just hope that this was a good decision for her and we wish her well. Uh, also, we have Australia discovers Australia discovers three new dinosaurs. Scientists have confirmed for the first time that Australia wow. was once home of a dinosaur that was big, fast, and terrifying, and they've named it. Like something from an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, meet what? the Australaventor. The beast was a 1,100 pound meat eating predator with three slashing claws on each of its powerful forelimbs that stalked 
the outback 98 million years ago, researchers said in a report published on Friday. Fossilized remains of the limb bones, ribs, jaws, and fangs were found, along with bones of two other new species of gigantic long-necked vertebrates uh, weighing up to 22 tons in Queensland state over the past three years. Oh, my God, you guys, that's something else, honey. And they have pictures of it, too. If you guys want to see it, go online and Google it. Another thing is Serena Williams defeats her sister to the, in Wimbledon. Tennis star Serena Williams left claims a third Wimbledon title, you guys, after defeating older sister Venus. We're going to talk more about that in the segment in sports a little bit later on. And we're going to jump right on down. I believe we have our special guest on the line, so we're going to bring her right on are you there with us first i want to give you guys a little background on her though um and and with no further ado um we're going to welcome her Her name is miss julia anderson but hello hi julia welcome to the show thank you for joining us thank you for having me oh fantastic i want to give our listeners a little bit of background on you and um she is um, the winner of ABC's hit show, True Beauty, produced by Tyra Banks and Ashton Kushner. Julia Anderson, since her victory, she has been featured in People magazine's 100 Most Beautiful People, along with all kinds of other great things. She is currently uh-huh. the correspondent for the Tyra Banks show, and she is also named the 2009 Women of Achievement Outstanding Young Woman by Zonta Club of Dallas-Fort Worth, an international organization of executives and professional women. Yes, ma'am. No question. Hi, Julia. <laughs> you with us? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. No, now, thank I, you for having me, and happy 4th of July. And you too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, are, are you barbecuing and all that stuff? You know, I actually am. I am oh. sitting out here by the pool in the wonderful California sun. Yeah, just having, having a great time, actually. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. We are so jealous. We just left L.A. about a week ago. We were there the whole month of June doing all the BET stuff and Often and having a ball, and there's oh, nothing fun. like California. Oh my God! You know what? There is not. And even you know, I'm from Texas, and I was in Texas yesterday, actually. And that weather—it is so hot and so humid. I could not yeah. even believe. I mean, you get spoiled when you're in California. You really do. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> no question about it. We're in Seattle, Washington, and the weather is beautiful here as well. Oh, uh, see, so you know what? And I've been told that I—I I belong in Seattle. I do. I am happy when it rains. It's I think my, my hormones or my chemical imbalance is totally <laughs> off because I love it whenever it rains. It's when I'm happy. It's actually very odd, but that's, that's, that's me. Like, literally, if it's a, if it's a like, dreary, cloudy, rainy yeah. day, I will be most happy. So I, I think I'll probably end up in Seattle. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. <laughs> it, it's, a, awesome. it's a great place to live. Uh, our our sure. listeners want to know, first question, they, they emailed us was, what was it like on the show True Beauty? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess you can ask any person who was on reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's tough. You know, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, it's, it's grueling, and, and there are a lot of long days and a lot of long nights, and there's all these people there that you're living with. And I'm not used to having roommates, you know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that you're, you have all these roommates. There are very few bathrooms. Um, there's, you know, we're all there for what we thought was a beauty competition. And so, you know, it's, it's, I think that's why they chose a place with very few bathrooms, very few mirrors, you know. Um, uh, so it made everything very interesting. And, uh, I mean, you know what, honestly, it was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot about myself because whenever you're on, uh, 
on reality TV, in most cases, in, in the Tribute case at least, you're not allowed to, uh, to watch TV. You're not allowed to have email. You're not allowed to have contact with the outside world. There's no music. There's really nothing. And so, um, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, and there's really nobody else to turn to, um, you know, especially in a competition other than, you know, yourself and God. And so you learn a lot about yourself, and it's definitely an interesting experience and um, one that I can say I might not do again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so exciting to have you and for, for you to be talking about that because we've had so many guests on that's done shows and no one's ever shared that part of it. I didn't know you guys said we done a reality show on BET, but it was about our relationship and we could do the total opposite. You could do pretty much whatever you wanted right. to do. So this mm-hmm. is amazing that they actually take everything away, almost like jewelry duty. Jewelry, you know, I can't pronounce right. jewelry it is, duty. You know, and, exactly. Oh, man. And, you know, I think I think on other reality shows they might not be as strict, but yeah. on True Beauty, come to find out, I mean, we had no idea where you are being judged on our inner beauty, and I think word had gotten out that, that there was a show being produced by Ashton Kutcher and Tyra Banks, and so that's mm-hmm. why, you know, they, they just wanted to make sure that we had no idea whatsoever that, that we were being punked, basically, you know. So, um, so you know, but, I mean, and they did a job well done by them. I mean, they fooled us for sure, definitely. That is so amazing. And, see, they never even said it. And, you know, the funny thing is I've seen your picture in your bio, and you're, you're gorgeous. So oh, for them to pick you. you, to have inner beauty and outer beauty, you've got the whole package, Julia, going on. So oh, thank that's you. awesome. And we definitely, were you always into modeling and fashion before joining the show? I was never. You know what? I actually did. I was a dancer my entire life. Um, I've danced since I was two and a half, and that's my passion. And, and then whenever um, I was 14 years old, I decided to compete in beauty pageants because in the Miss America organization, um, talent is actually worth 40% of your total score. So, if, you know, if you're talented, you have a good talent, then you can basically win the whole competition. So um, so I started doing pageants, and that's whenever I kind of got into the modeling aspect of everything. I'm, you know, I'm only 5'7", so I'm by no means a fashion model or, or anything. But, you know, I just, you know, I... I enjoyed I enjoyed being an entertainer and a performer and um, you know doing live shows. I still travel around to two different entertainment companies performing around the United States. I'm a magician's assistant, you know. I mean, so wow. this wasn't really new to me, but it was um, you know it's something I was somewhat used to, but definitely not the modeling aspect. Definitely not photo shoots, you know, yeah. the, you know everything else that was involved. But um, but you know it was a great learning experience, that's for sure. Wow, well, you're definitely on your way to becoming a household name and being on movies and TV because I, I think so. you just have that magnetic a personality. And, I mean, Angeline Jolie has nothing on you. So I, I was really excited when they were like, yeah, we're going to get Julie. I was like, heck, yeah, let's get her. So our listeners, you know, oh, you guys got to check you. her out. Where are some of your your websites? They can go find out more. Okay, great. Yeah, I have um, it's, I have a MySpace. It's myspace.com slash Juliet or True Beauty Julia, I believe. Um, you can go to juliaanderson.net. And then I also have a Twitter, but it's not – it hasn't been working right. So I'll have to get back <laughs> to you on that one. I'll have to go post it on my MySpace and my, uh, and my website for sure. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, honey. I know you got a question. Yes, you are the correspondent for a good friend of ours, Tyra Brink. Really And we cool. want to know cool. what it was like to do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I just have to tell you um, – I went on the Tyra Banks show uh, as the winner of True Beauty, and mm-hmm. I was sitting there in the seat, and she was literally, she you know, said, Julia, what is your dream? What are you going to pursue now? And so, you know, I really, well, first of all, I was like, basically, just, I couldn't even open my mouth because she is so gorgeous, <laughs> all you can do is stare, you know, like, she's just stunning, <laughs> she's just stunning, um, and and I was like, well, you know what? I want to move to LA. I want to be a correspondent, and I want to work in the inter- entertainment industry. And 
And basically, I, sh- I want to be able to pay my bills and do what I love. And uh, and she said, Julia, you're the new correspondent for the Tyra Banks show. Oh. And literally, I looked at the cameras, and like this is on her talk show, and there's the audiences there and everything. I was like, did everybody hear that? I mean, are you sure that, <laughs> that this is? You just said that, Tyra. You, you know that. I mean, like everybody heard that. I'm not the only one that heard that. I'm not going crazy, right? So, and they aired it, and she, you know, and, and a couple weeks later, they called me to um to go and do my first job with her, and um she is just she really is making my dreams come true. She is an amazing woman who who wants to help others and is literally I'm I'm a girl from Texas who I mean I've, I I'm very lucky and I'm very blessed with with everything she that she's able to do that for me. I mean just, it just shows the kind of person that she is, you know. Oh my god, that is so wonderful and she uh, she is a beautiful person, but that gives me chills just hearing that because it goes to show that someone of her stature and being able to do that and reach out and, and help someone like you and ask you what is your dreams and for you to say, I just want to be able to do this, we can all relate to that. We feel yes. the same way, and it's just awesome, and I know our listeners right now are excited. Now, you guys, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so watch her show and stuff, but we can't guarantee that it will happen for you like it happened for Julia. <laughs> but it's, it's awesome, though, for sure. And what charities are you involved with? You know what? I'm actually involved with a lot. My favorite charity, however, is the Special Olympics. Um, I that's one organization that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, I, I work for the Special Olympics quite often, and and I've noticed that there's no dance competition. They they have track, they have basketball, they have you know basically everything you know, and except for dance. And dance is my passion, and so it's um, it's inspired me to open up my own dance studio for kids with disabilities, um, which I'm. I'm hoping to do so pretty soon, and that's that's another thing. I mean, it's it's so great to be able to have my name out there somewhat right now because it helps you it helps you along with your journey. I mean, it's sad but true, but really, I mean, you know, you know, the more well known you are, that the more people want to help with your journey and with what you want to do, and so and that's you know, it's all part of my goal. It's all part of my dream. I literally and you know, I can see myself. I, I would love to, I would love to be an entertainer. Don't get me wrong, but I I can definitely see myself just in my own art or dance studio, teaching kids with disabilities dance. Because, I mean, I, the joy I get from dancing, I can't imagine other people not being able to experience that joy. And somebody, like, you know, like a kid who has the spina bifida or who is paralyzed, they can still they can still feel the joy of dance, you know. I mean, there, there are ways, and, and I, I want to be able to share that with them. That is absolutely beautiful. No question. Oh, now, if you could help uh, girls who wanted to be on True Beauty, if there were three points that you could give them, what, what would you give them? Oh, well, okay, I'll tell you. First and foremost, I went on there telling myself I would stay true to myself and to my beliefs, and I would not do a single thing that I regretted, whether that was getting kicked off the first episode for being too nice or too boring or, you know, or, or winning the thing, you know. And so, um, you know, I have a younger brother and sister at home, and so I think it's most important to A, remember um, remember who you are, stay true to your character, stay true to yourself and your beliefs and what your family's taught you. Um, two, remember that there are young people out there looking up to you. Most important, I mean, that's really most important. There are people who want to be you and who are, who are you know, looking at your actions and, and how, how you respond to things, and they, you know, they will do what they, they look up to. They will that's act right. the way that they, you know, this is the people who they look up to. So that's definitely the most important thing, and I, I thank God for, you know, because of the pageants, I've been able to understand that. And because of my brother and sister, I've been able to understand that. And so I think I have somewhat of a fair, unfair advantage, you know. And, uh, 
and, and again, you know, just kill them with kindness. That's really been my motto my entire life. If somebody doesn't like me, then you know what? I'll, I'm going to make them like me. You know, whether they like whether they like it or not. You know, if somebody's not in a good mood, I'm going to make them in a good mood. You know, it's 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 that kind of thing. And so I think those are definitely the three pointers, the, the most part, most important things for sure. Well, that's beautiful, you guys. That's well, not just for true beauty. That's for everyday life too. That's so everybody <laughs> take that. Everybody do that. <laughs> That is awesome. You are such an inspiration. It's amazing. I mean, when you see your picture, you're like, she's so pretty. I wonder what, you know, what her conversation is, what she's like. And it's just, it's so refreshing. It's the most amazing thing we've seen. And um, she's, like she said, you guys, all of us, we need to remember who we, who you are and who we are. And you have to make sure that there's people looking up to you. got to make sure that you are aware and, you know, cognizant to the fact that you are a role model regardless. If you're on television and you're trying to do positive things, make sure you remember that there's, a, there's youth out there and there's other people and your peers looking up to you. And then, you know, the third one is, you know, try to be positive. If you see someone down, try to encourage them to come up and don't give up. You know, pretty much don't take no for an answer and, you know, do the right thing. And whether whether you're on TV or not, whether you're, I mean, whether you're a teacher, whether you're, you know, you work, who knows, even at a tanning salon. You know, people, young kids look up to people, um, you know, that, that do really the most random things, that you do, but still they they look up to you, and, and we are the, you know, we are what the young kids look up to, and that's why it's so important for us to remember. And so, um, you know, that's, it, I, I'm extra passionate about it because of my brother and sister. And so, I, you know, like I said, I have an unfair advantage, I think. But, um, you know, I think it's still important for everybody to think of that one person who, you know, well, would they want, would they want to see me doing this? Would, would I want to see them doing this after me? You know, and I think that's what's most important, really. Wow, that is, that's amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> Well, we truly, truly thank you for joining us, taking time out of your 4th of July because yeah. this is a special time. <laughs> no, well, thank you, y'all. I appreciate it. I know. God bless America for sure. Well, you are fantastic. And, I mean, I'm just I'm speechless because it's just a wonderful, wonderful, refreshing um, conversation that we've had with you. Everybody, you can go and you can get in touch with Julia at True Beauty, uh, myspace.com forward slash True Beauty, Julia Anderson, or you can or go to her Julia. website. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, okay. You guys hear that? And then I'm going <laughs> to let her repeat them because I want to make sure you get it right because we're going to be yes, tracking yeah. them. <laughs> go ahead. And you can also contact me at www.juliaanderson.net. And you can also email me at juliaanderson.com, live.com. JuliaAndersonLive.com. At Live.com. At Live.com. You guys hear that? And remember, her favorite charity is Special Olympics. So if you can get involved with that, please do. And make sure you let them know that you heard that that was Julia Anderson's favorite charity as well. And, you know, let's let's get the word out there like that. Follow her. You know, she's the correspondent for the Tire Bank Show. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. And just, you know, being a positive role model out there. And, again, we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I do. And I hope you have a great Fourth of July. And thank you, listeners and, and everybody. And I hope you all have a great time. And thank you again for having me. Thank you, Julia. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We're going to jump right on down. This is the 4th of July, 2009, and we're having a blast. We just spoke to a lovely lady again. That was Julia Anderson, and you can reach her. you got her different information. You can also email us later, and we can give it to you as well. And we got some hot tips for you, some bonus tips real quick for you. And here they go. Um, there's four quick bonus tips for you guys this week from our personal gift bag. Okay, this is our gift bag to you on health, beauty, and fashion. And my husband started off. 
Number one is flip-flops, uh, or the proper name is sandals, but flip-flops are, they're usually rubber. You can get them very inexpensive for ladies. Now they make them with glitter on them, so if you want to dress them up a little bit, you can, but it's something that you should always have around the house, especially when it's hot outside because the ground can get scorched. So get yourself a pair of flip-flops. Oh, most definitely, and then guess what? Summer weather brings dry skin, so don't forget to use a great moisturizer. you got to make sure you're using that great moisturizer out there, not just for your face, but also for your body. There's lots of great lotions. We talk about that a lot on our show and how important it is. You want to keep your skin supple because one thing they have found out, researchers have found out, the drier your skin, the earlier you will wrinkle. So if you want to avoid that, definitely make sure that you are using moisturizers with this hot weather, this humid weather that's out here. No question. Now, when we're talking hot weather, this goes for adults and children alike. We need sunblock, SPF, and I'm not sure what SPF stands for, but I know it's holding the sun out. It goes anywhere from 5, 10, 15, 30, 45 to 60, and you want to get as much protection from the sun if you're going to be out there for long periods of time, and don't forget to hydrate yourself because it can get big. <laughs> and most definitely. And then the last one before we jump into our one of our favorite areas, and you already know what that is, is Bermuda shorts. Not They're not just sexy, but they're practical as well. They come in all styles. And my favorite personally, you guys, are the ones you get from the Army Surplus Store in downtown Seattle. I don't know if you guys have one in your town, but they're great. They have pockets on the side. They're cool. they got drawstrings in the front. You can get the pocket list kind. They don't have a pocket, but the pattern and the style, they never go out of fashion. My husband has a pair that's really cool. His is more in the tan range with the lighter color beiges, but they have the green, you know, the regular Army color ones. They have the khaki color ones, just all different styles. But Bermuda shorts is definitely hot and ready. You can wear them in the winter, the fall coming up. they got a lot of great boots out now. The military-style boots is the hottest thing. My husband actually just picked up a really cool pair in Los Angeles that I just fell in love with. And it's funny because now in all the, you know, different shopping places and in all the fashion magazines and on the runways, the military boot is like the thing. Um, I'm a boot girl. I wear, you know, high boots and all. I've loved them all my life. So, I've, you know, ever since I was a little kid. So go-go boots and just winter boots has always been like my main thing. So make sure you get you some Bermuda shorts and you can rock them even when it gets colder. We got one last bonus tip for you from our our son, Douglas Jr., and his tip when he heard us doing the show was, he said, Mom, you got to let everybody know. You guys got to let everybody know. My tip for this week is rip jeans. If your jeans go bad, then just go ahead and cut them. He said if they get holes around the knee and make them into shorts. They are really fun and cool, and they will save you money so you don't have to throw your jeans away. So we just wanted to make sure we shared that with you guys really quick. And we're going to jump right on into our other favorite segment, and that would happen to be Love and Romance. Um, I know we missed last week's show due to, like we said earlier in this show, um, the passing of Michael Jackson. We were actually in Los Angeles when it happened, and everything went haywire, communications, everything. So um, we did miss that show, but we're back, and today's no different. We're going to share with you a little special something. Um, honey, did you want to share it, or are you going to put me out there and make me share it? I think it, it, it's your turn. I know we skipped last week, but uh, the honors are all yours. But, but I mean, can I do roses or, we or can, red, you know what? or blue, or what, what can I do? What, I mean, you know what? Before we do that, we can go into this week's comments and oh, questions you do that first? and thoughts from you, the listeners. Okay. And first and foremost, we have a pro baseball player. He did not give his name, but he hails from New York, New York. Okay. And he says he has followed uh, my career and you and your lovely wife Jackie truly inspire me and my 
fiance so much that we just got matching tattoos and we'll remarry every year. Thanks for the inspiration and being the coolest couple in the world. Uh, we'll be looking for those tattoos to tell who you are. <laughs> Thank you, whoever you are. Next is, where are you guys getting married this year? I would have to say it will be Seattle, Washington. It was going to be Los Angeles, but we decided it's going to be right here in our hometown. And then we have one from Kevin in Atlanta, Georgia, and he says, Doug, if you could take your wife, Jackie, anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Wow. That is a great question. I think it would probably be to uh, Africa. Because we've never been there, and we've truly, truly talked about going there all the time. Otherwise, maybe Paris, France. I know she likes shopping, and they got some hot beer. One of the two. Was on there. Thank you, honey. The, the lines is um, lighting up. You can jump right in, but you know what? You better hurry up because when sports start, I'm not going to let you in. I'm going to have to block you out, or my husband is, rather. Okay, I'm going to share this little point with you guys really quick. It's actually to my husband that I wrote a long time ago. Um, I kind of I got it from a lady named Jessica Ann Trimble, and I changed it up a little bit to fit better into what I wanted to say to him. And you guys can use it. Feel free if you want. Um, I don't know. You might feel it. You might not. But it is titled Dreams. I dream of your touch while you were away. I dream of your touch all through the day. I remember the very day you came into my life. I dreamt of the day I would become your wife. I dreamt of the days I would fall asleep next to you. I dreamt of the day I would say I do. To be your wife, to be together for life, is a dream I used to dream every night. Beautiful, baby. Thank you, honey. And then we're going to jump right on into that favorite, favorite place, because I know we got the Wiz on the line, and we don't want to hold him up because he's out doing some barbecue in this 4th of July. Are you are you cooking or are you getting cooked with? Because I see the sperms out there. What's happening? What's your name? Y'all, we're doing a combination of both. The chicken is wonderful. Everything is beautiful. The weather is nice. And we are enjoying a nice, safe day at a public park in here in Seattle, Washington. Thank you. There you go. Well, speaking of food, I don't know if you've seen, but Nathan's Hot Dog Championship, I don't know if this goes into sports, but the 2009 winner, Whistle, was named Joey Chestnut, and he ate 68 hot dogs. Can you believe that? I just know one thing. I like hot dogs, but anything more than one or two is gross. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm with you on that one, man. <laughs> well, Wizzle, we we got uh, the world of sports is hopping all around. I don't know if you saw Mr. McNair was gunned down today in Nashville, Tennessee, so our hearts go out to him. Uh, We got Wimbledon, Venus, and Serena win the doubles championship. But where I wanted to take you before, actually before that, PGA Tour also, we got the AT&T championship going right now. Tiger is minus 10, and Anthony Kim is matching him at minus 10. I'm rooting for Tiger, so we'll see about that. But the NBA has some interesting things going on, and I wanted to get your comments on a few of them. First and foremost, Mr. Ron Artest to the Los Angeles Lakers. What do you see there? Um, I think that is a big trade, but it's a big trade in terms of uh, fantasy sports. The realistic fact is they had a role player, and you can't give up a good role player for like a guy who's hoping or looking to be a superstar. I just think that it's time to change their team a little bit, and they're really going to miss a, a reason more than they think. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think Ariza was the perfect fit shutdown defender. 
what I think they get out of our test, though, because I think this is something that maybe the public isn't recognizing, but maybe Phil Jackson and the Lakers are recognizing, that the weight and the, the load is being so much put on Kobe that he's slowing down. And instead of averaging the high 20s, maybe the low 20s, and all of a sudden our test brings in that scoring punch for them. I mean, obviously he's going to be starting, but when you're able to sit Kobe down, he can keep scoring because that was something that I think really hurt the Lakers is when Kobe went out, they didn't have anything to answer to anybody. What do you think? Uh, I definitely I could agree with you there. I just really think there's something to be said about role players knowing their role, and you know, in terms of the pecking order with with the team. And I do believe Ron Artest is a he's a very talented player. Uh, but you know, I just you know, the time will tell what type of deal it really was because I think that uh, Trevor Ariza was really coming to his own, and I think he was coming into his own respectfully because he wasn't trying to step on Kobe's toes. Anytime he made a, a, a big play or a, 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 a big finish, it was something that he created off the defense. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that, uh, I don't know, he's, he's going to be rewarded and so is Ron Artest. So it's all good. What, what do you see Ariza doing in Houston? You know, I, I can see him maybe going away. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was just that at the point where at the pinnacle of his game, and Houston isn't a team that's going to be on a radar that you'll be checking for in the future. So that's, you know, obscure, obscurity. Oh, there you go. Now, what about Shaquille to Cleveland? Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, obviously you get rid of two guys in, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, Pavlovich and Ben Wallace that, uh, you know, they really weren't doing as much. Uh, one, I think, was an underachiever, and the other one in Ben Wallace is, is going, uh, you know, towards the end of his career. You get Shaq, you're, you're able to keep your, your big fella. You didn't have to trade anybody, that you know, of real substance as far as what you guys did on a day-to-day on the court. So did the Shaq bring that extra punch that Cleveland is missing? Well, uh you know, again, time will reveal, man. And I, I hope and I wish Shaq the best, but this just really seems like a, like the last ploy to, to give LeBron a chance to win. Hey, let's be honest about it. He had one of the best teams in the league, and you didn't win it. And it's okay sometimes. You can't try to implement or, or tweak things sometimes. You just come back work at it harder. Because first and foremost, he hasn't earned his playoff lumps. So, you know, this is the last ploy to keep LeBron James in Cleveland, and I'm, I'm curious to see how it turns out. So if, if he doesn't win the championship this year, does he become a New York Knicks? You know, I, I don't think he'll be in Cleveland, and that's for sure. I don't care about the uh, the Cleveland can offer him the, the, the maximum amount of money or any of that type of thing. I just think that he's going to move on, and it was opportunity. He tried, and you move on, and it's okay. Now, what about Hito Turkoglu? Now, Hito has uh, verbally committed to Portland, but now, from my understanding, his wife likes Toronto, Ontario more, so it looks like Hito will be going north of the border. Which one of those teams do you think he fits into the best? Definitely. uh, It would definitely be Portland. But let's be realistic. If you can go to Toronto and – you know, help make the ten, make their team eight, ten, maybe maybe twelve games better. 
in the win column, maybe it's the team that can get into the playoffs. So if you'd be more apt to get into the playoffs and make a good run with that team as opposed to, you know, I mean, they're really loading up out here in the West in terms of uh, what they're doing with San Antonio and Rashi Wallace prospects and, and all this type of thing. So, uh, you know, I just think it's going to be tough. And I, I think that more than anything, Brother Hedo, go get your money because <laughs> you deserve it. I know it was a big blow for, you know, to be the best player in your team and then another guy get $118 million. It's time for you to get your money. It doesn't matter where you play. If it was Idaho, Boise, so be it. He do get your money, bro. There you go. Now, uh, you, you just mentioned one guy, but I got two speculations here. Rashid, uh, Rashard uh, Lewis obviously is in Orlando, but Rashid Wallace, uh, Orlando, Boston, or San Antonio, where do you think he'll end up? You know, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, what I think would be the best match would be uh, San Antonio. And I just think that uh, Popovich would, would get back to the basics and get uh, Rashid back to the basics of when he had played a high-caliber type of basketball, and that was in the West Coast. Yeah, he shoots a three-point ball, but, yeah, you're only going to get three or four a game, maybe. You know, we're going to send you down to the block, and you can play off of Tim, and I think they'd have a really good team. I totally agree with you. I think he would really do fantastic in San Antonio. On top of that, Popovich is kind of a no-nonsense guy, and uh, I, I don't think he's seen that since Larry Brown when he was in Detroit, and everyone thought that that wasn't going to work, but he was probably one of the best teammates that you could ever think about when you talk to the guys and you, and you talk to Mr. Brown about what he did in, in uh, Detroit. So uh, hopefully San Antonio, that would really stack up the Western Conference well. When you talk about the Western Conference maybe diminishing a little bit, all of a sudden Amari Stoudemire in Phoenix comes into play. And what are they doing in Phoenix, and do you see him staying or going? You know, um, the last uh, bit of news I heard is that that, uh, Golden State was very, very interested in Amari Stoudemire and and put a a big-time deal out there, so – I know that Don Nelson's interested, and who wouldn't be interested in a player, you know, who possesses that type of mismatch, uh, you know, in terms of running a pick-and-roll type of basketball. Uh, again, this really shows and reflects on management and some of the, mis- the ill-made decisions uh, that management can make and, and, and how it will cost the franchise, and not only the franchise, but the fans. And Because, you know, let's be honest, a few years ago we were talking about you know, uh, Phoenix was one of the better teams in the league, and Steve Nash was playing at this high clip, and they were really a tough team. They were like a tweak or two away from actually getting the championship, and then you go from there to blah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it really reflects on the, the GMs and the type of jobs that they've been doing and, and not bringing along talent the right way uh, rather than just trying to get talent. When you when you say that, you look at Steve Kerr and, and what he's done as far as dismantling this team from trading the Matrix and getting Shaq to now uh, trading Shaq away. So, uh, you know, I, I don't even really know that. That trade of the Matrix pretty much is uh, Sasha and Ben Wallace and uh, just – moves that haven't really made a lot of sense, especially with, uh, you know, your point guard is getting older and you had him really at the peak of his game when you talk about Nash. Is it any possibility that Nash might move? I 
I definitely think uh, there's nobody untouchable. Uh, that's something that they have to look at. Uh, maybe they just feel like they owe Nash a lot because he has played at such a high level of back-to-back MVPs. And, and I can't, you know, hey, they were one of the most entertaining teams to watch in, in recent memory aside from watching you guys at Kings. Uh, but you know what I mean? Uh, I think they might even pay him a little bit of respect and, and, and let him retire with some dignity. So uh, we'll see what happens, I, you know. We'll see what happens. Well, now in Atlanta, they have traded with Golden State, and they have one of Seattle's own in Jamal Crawford. And uh, that, that to me, looks like a move just in case they don't sign Bibby because Bibby is now asking for about $8 million and they wanted to be able to sign Flip Murray and one of, one of their big guys with that $8 million instead of signing one guy uh, as a point guard. So do you see Bibby going back to Atlanta, or does Jamal kind of spell the end of the Bibby era in Atlanta Hawks history? You know, uh, these type of, of stories of always go on, these teams trying to get security. You know, let's be honest about it. I really, really like Mike Bibby. I really, really like Jamal Crawford. But Mike Divi has the full nod in terms of being a playoff-ready and playoff-proven point guard. He has a legal and a legitimate stance and gripe when he, you know, demanding the type of money he does because, you know, maybe his performance is what it is because of obviously the team and the type of numbers that he puts up. But I think he's a proven warrior. He plays hard. Uh, he always gives it all he has. Uh, it seems like he's been pretty tough and durable as of late. So uh, I'm proud of him, and uh, I think it's a, hey, I'm always in favor of the players, baby. So go ahead and get it, Bill. <laughs> there you go. Now, I, I know you watched the draft, and I, I'm going to read off some names to you, and I just want you to tell me who do you think is going to make the biggest uh, impact for their team? Blake Griffin, Tyler Hansbro, Hasim Thabib, Johnny Flynn, Ricky Rubio, Stephon Curry, Tariq Evans, James Harden or Terrence Williams? You know, I really like uh, Stephen Curry, Mr. Curry, and I really like Terrence Williams. And and this is why. Uh, Terrence Williams will be in a, in a type of system that is perfect for for Richard Jefferson. And, it's, you know what I mean? And he's the same type of player. He's athletic. He'll share the ball. I just think he will be really valuable to their system in terms of not only what he brings basketball-wise because he was, you know, the the highest or the, the latest-rate uh, uh, picked first-round player, a four-year player, rather. So uh, I look for him to really – I look for their team to really capitalize on the fact that he knows how to play basketball, he understands the times and the situation, and has a good basketball IQ and awareness. I think their team will take full advantage of that. No question about it. Everybody, Terrence Williams, a local Seattle product, also check him out. He will be in the New Jersey Nets uh, jersey this coming season. Watch out, a high flyer, beautiful passer, and an all-around good player. Well, Whistle, as this 4th of July just gets ready to get <laughs> hot and heavy, fireworks are about to pop, mouths are about to get fed, you enjoy yourself, and we will see you same time next week, same station as always. I'm up to a thousand pieces of chicken flipping on the grill. A thousand pieces, y'all. I am out.
again, everybody, thank you so much for taking your time on July 4, 2009 to join us. And until next week, we'll see you same time, same station. Peace. Respect. Thank you.